Awesome, you want to take a Let's do it. Welcome to Stand Up Sales, episode six. We are we are flying away with these podcasts now. We're doing it every week. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't missed one. Every week. Every week. Um, with my co-host, Dylan, a.k.a. SDR Whisperer. What's up, dude? Not much, dude. Excited for these calls every Tuesday. It's the highlight unlike, of my Tuesday. Unlike our normal demos, um, more <laughs> it's more free and not as structured, which is nice. Um, how are you doing? How's... Uh, are you, did you lick your wounds from the weekend? How are you doing? No, terribly. It was, uh, it was a heartbreaking weekend, but I got hammered. So it's the only, only solution for when stuff like that comes up. Drown away the sorrows. Indeed. Indeed. But what can you I do? I was actually, I was, uh, at cathedral, um, with the boys doing a, the stick talk podcast during the game. Um, nice. I saw I saw Harry's first PK, and then while I was driving home, I like got the notification. I was like, "Oh no, he missed." <laughs> that, that one was bad. <laughs> it was it like if if that was American football, that's a wonderful field goal. It was great. Yeah. It went straight yeah. over the bar. You can't not put it on target. Yeah, that's the criminal element of it. Yeah, like at least if it gets saved, fine. fine. Yeah, if it is what the, it is. If you hit the crossbar or the post, fine. But it had no chance. Like, there could have been no goalkeeper there. <laughs> All right, let's get off this topic. England being shit is not the focus of this podcast. Thank God. Thank God. Right, what are we talking about today? We teased it last episode. Yeah, so last episode we went into, like, what makes a good discovery. Um, and the week before that, we talked about one call and two call closes. So if you're doing a one call close, this would be relevant still. But if it's a two call close, like, this is your episode because after your discovery call the next call is demo and close um so really tying the knot and taking the information from the discovery call positioning it alongside your product or service and getting them to give you a yes or no um is what we're going to go on the call anything else that you want to add to that um yeah, I think the big thing for me, especially when I watch people's demos, is that people fundamentally don't understand what a demo is meant to be. So they just immediately get off on the wrong foot. So the whole thing goes, as we would say in England, Pete Tong. Over the bar. Um, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> definitely going to be the, uh, the terminology for today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I could demo is... I feel like even if you have a great discovery, some people like just auto revert to like a slide presentation or like their default operating system of, cause the problem with demos and especially for me coming from SAS, right. is like all we did was demos. I did demos for like five, six years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, way too many demos I'd like to admit. Um, and it's hard, right. When you're doing the same thing over and over again, um and you're so into the actual product every day right it's all you think about it's all you talk about it's like you have to be very cognizant um to like not revert back um on demos for sure i think the other thing is especially when you're in a SaaS environment where you've got like top-down leadership telling you that stuff has to be done a certain way yeah it's like you have to follow this script well i mean well it's not my fucking business i guess i have to follow this script they know better than me because they're more senior, so they must be right. I guess we have to follow the script, and that's just not true. 
Yeah, it's not true at all. It, uh, it oftentimes hurts. can, yeah, I was going to say, oftentimes it's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way that I look at it, right, as business owners is like you hire someone for their innate skill and ability to be unique to what you're doing. That's why you're hiring them, right? Um, like if you have Tom Brady in your team, you're not, hiring, you're not drafting a quarterback, right? You're, you're drafting complementary pieces. Yeah. So as a business owner, like your salespeople should be unique and offer things that you don't normally do, right? That's their, that's their advantage. Um, is there uniqueness? So when you put someone in a box, like, yeah, SOPs are nice and frameworks are nice and giving them the PDFs and whatever they need to be successful. But like, don't constrain salespeople too much because that's their unique ability to be able to sell in their own unique way. 100%. Yeah. And small, the prospect understands that. On that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, prospects get that they are going to be sold to differently every sales call they get on. And it's kind of part of the fun. The yeah. issue is, is when you kind of get into this like rote learning, go and learn this exact script in this exact way, go and deliver this exact pitch or presentation that now all of those little differences that each individual salesperson is going to have in the different strengths all go out the window. Yeah, they all go out the window. And you can feel when it's unnatural. Like when someone's like, yeah. it just doesn't sound like you're like, like I got on demos I'm like, yep, this guy is either he's new or like they really beat it out of him. Like, <laughs> like this poor guy is just like, like fuck my life. <laughs> Crazy. I think I think that's the that's the fear, right? Is that you go into an organization, you start as an SDR, you kind of like learn quote unquote the craft, and then yeah. you become an AE, and it's like, no, 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 all of the things that you might have been good at, shut up. You're going to do this exact job in this exact way because we know that this is how it works. And then you're Yeah. And with a large-scale SaaS, like, it works at a large level. But if you're a small organization, like, don't do that. Like, when you have 500 demos a week, yeah, you can standardize a bunch of stuff and the numbers will, will fall in your favor, right? Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, if you're not having that many dilemmas, and I'm sure 95% of people or 99% of people that would be listening to this podcast um, don't. They have more of like 5 to 50, right? Yeah. Um, so you have to make the most of those, and that comes from actually having a good demo and breaking the mold pattern interrupt of what people are used to, right? Yep. Um, because if they're looking at a smaller shop, they've probably looked at a bigger shop too. Um, use that to your advantage is that you're smaller, more boutique, more personal. Everyone thinks they want to be like the big dogs, but in actuality, people like to feel heard and listened to and don't just want to be a number on mm -hmm. you know, a large company's belt. Like, a lot of people forget that. All right, let's chop it up. What is yeah. a demo? Yeah, so a demo is essentially just the continuation of a discovery call. So big things, and I know we've said this probably like four or five times, and I'll keep saying it, is at the beginning of the demo call, repeat what your notes were and all the hard work you just did. Yeah. Because they don't remember, they don't care, and they probably they definitely have not prepped for this call, right? Yeah. It's not their job to do so. It's their job to get on the phone and, and listen to you, right? You have the floor in the demo call. Mm -hmm. um, so set the stage correctly, right? Like. 
if you went to a movie theater and it just jumped right into the middle of the movie, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> what just happened here? There's no preface, right? Um, so preface the call with, hey, John, thanks for hopping on again. Looking forward to speaking today. Um, you know, in our call last week or, you know, Wednesday, whatever the hell it is, um, we went over X, Y, and Z. You said these three things. Um, objective of the call today is to show you exactly how we can help solve these three things that you said yesterday. Um, and then from there, we can get into pricing and, and there. So like set the table and make them aware of what they're about to go through, right? Like they're going to go through their demo, they're going to go through the pitch, and then we're going to make a decision on this call. Yeah, 100%. And the other thing that I always do on demos is clarify whether all of those things are still true. Yes. It is unbelievable how many people assume that nothing has changed and then go, and these are all the problems that we're going to solve. And if two out of those three problems, let's say, have been solved since they last spoke to you because they found another vendor that's solving them, they found a way internally that they needed to solve it, or they were deprioritized within the organization, then two-thirds of your pitch is now fucking useless. So clarify. The biggest mistake that I find salespeople making all of the time is just assuming that information that they once heard is still accurate or true. And if you don't clarify and say, hey, is this still the lay of the land? Is this still the state of the world? Because if it isn't, let's talk about what the fuck happened and how this has changed so that we yeah. can solve the next problems you have versus just being like, okay, you told me this once and so I'm going to treat this as fact. Absolutely. Yeah, because things change all the time in business. Yep. Like, oh, actually, no, we just did this, this and this or our closer you know, got hit by a car and now we have no one to take in your lead generation calls. Like you don't know what happens, right? Like it's great. Yeah. Don't assume. And it just like reaffirms everything. Like even most, I'd say 95% of the time, nothing's going to change. Right. Mm -hmm. But don't just assume, right? Like there's a 5% variability. And at the very least it just reaffirms and sets the stage and the foundation for this call. Cause the guys, like, Oh, you know, that is a problem inside my business. I totally forgot. Yep. Dylan actually did a good job discovering that yes, last time, you know, things I don't want to talk about in my business that I'm not doing correctly. Um, so yeah, that's the beginning of a demo call. And then, I mean, if you have to use a slide deck, use it as a, don't use it as the presentation, use it yep. as a visual aid to your conversation, right? Like it's not a high school presentation with a PowerPoint and you're just yep. like, I'm going to go on Wikipedia and put a bunch of cool things and I'm just going to read it in front of the class. Like, yeah. no, like it should be a visual aid and yeah. keep it moving. Like, don't just sit it on one and have the whole conversation, right? Because um, people are visual. So this is something that when I was in a consulting environment, like got drilled into us, right? So like, I remember I was what, like 20, 21, 22, like fresh out of college. And I was like, oh yeah, fucking I could do a presentation. I've done presentations for years. And I remember getting grilled for the first like three four months of like me being in consulting me being like good at presentations right like versus everyone i went to college with i was the standout person who was genuinely good at presenting and i remember getting into my consulting job and they were like this is great like your 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 presentation skills are fine but at no point in this entire conversation have i heard like so what like what does this mean and that is the one thing that i see a lot of failures on demos is like you're just telling them stuff so you're yeah. presenting and being like, this is this. I don't care. That is useless information to me because I don't know what that does. Why is this relevant? Why is this helpful? Why is this important? So it like, doesn't sink in. Yeah. There is, there, there's no meaning to anything that you've just said. It's just a thing that you've gone. There you go. Have that. Yeah. 
So that's a big thing in companies is that they love to talk about themselves. It's like the biggest fault yeah, <laughs> of any 100%. company, right? Um, because it comes from top down and the top down people are, you know, they make the most money from this company. They have the most stock options in that company. Mm -hmm. And like, they want to talk about them. It's all they do, right? They drink um, their own Kool-Aid the most. Yeah. Or it couldn't be literally more wrong. Like you yeah. should not be talking about yourself at all. Um, and don't be afraid to like go off script. Like if you're talking literally. about something and they, <laughs> they say something like, yeah, don't like fly around, but like, actually listen and understand like, okay, this is something that I need to spend more time on. Maybe I don't normally spend time on this section, but like this conversation requires that I spend this much time on this something because it's important to that person. Yeah. Yeah. And your demo that, could be very abridged. Like you that don't was have to literally start. exactly what I was about to say. Like yeah. use the parts in your demo deck if you decide to use one as fodder for what they care about, not running the exact same demo every single time to every single yeah. person, right? If you know that they care about slide 16 and then slide 24, and then actually it makes sense to go back to slide seven because they brought something up, then do that. Don't run them from one to 50 in a, like in order because that's yeah. how the slide deck is meant to run. Yeah, yeah. It's like writing a book and then having all your good stuff at the end, right? Like. No one's going to read the book to get to the end of the chapters if, like, that's where the actual value is. So just show them what they need to hear, and it gives you more time to close and pitch. Mm -hmm. um, the shorter your demo is and the more relevant it is to the prospect, the more of that 30 minutes, 45 hour mm -hmm. can actually be used to, to close the deal and, and do the actual whole point of the dance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great point. Like, I would do that as well. Like... When I'm doing demos, it's like, hey, John, you show me these three things. I'm going to go and show you what's relevant to you. We'll touch on some other things that I think might be relevant to you. Um, but, you know, I'm not here to waste anyone's time, right? Yeah. Um, people appreciate that because a lot of people that get on demos are like, oh, my God. You're going to sit through 20 minutes of listening about the company formation. I'm going to turn my camera off. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't say does that make sense every single slide. Yeah, no. I think the other consideration with demos that, especially the worst ones that I've been on, turn into like solely just a list of every single possible feature. And this is why, like, I hate the word demo. Like, demo is a really bad explanation of what you're meant to be doing on this call because it lends people, it, the first people thing, like I said last time, right? Your trigger word, oh, well, I have to do a demonstration of this product. I have to show every single element because otherwise I'm not doing a good demonstration. Yeah. It's like, no, they only care about two things. Just show them those two things. But like, cool. Does this solve the problem? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about how we can put this in your business. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Cause think about what they're actually like, what got them onto the call. That's what you have to come out of. Like, like why did he reschedule the call? It's not because he loves your, this thing that he's never even heard about. He only got on the call because there was a general understanding that maybe you could help him. Yep. That's it. <laughs> so give them what they want. The, the big thing, especially when I see like founder led sales, like screwing up is they give a preamble at the start of a demo yeah. about like, Oh, this is how the company was made. And this is why we're here to solve the problem. And this is what makes us competent. I don't care about I, literally any of that. I hate it so much. I can't stand those. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, well, we're we're funded by this company who invested in this company. Isn't that sweet? No. <laughs> Why would I care about that? I care about solving my problem. I don't give a shit about your company. I really don't. Yeah, it literally, exactly. I mean, at some point, yes, you can't just be a like. I can't have a website and be like, oh yeah, this is seven thousand dollars a month. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Um, so you have to have a little bit of credibility, but I mean, you should technically, that's what marketing should be doing. Like you should be having assets and trust building things that if they Google you or Google the company, they're like, okay, they know what they're talking about. They have clients, they have testimonials, they have case studies, like they know what they're doing, right? They've had success. Um, so yeah, definitely don't have a preamble and that's all founder led sales because they're so into it. I said like one of our first calls, like I actually fell into that because I was not, I never had that situation, right? Yeah. Um, where I was doing this thing for like every day, all day long for the long period of time. And like, I think it was one of my friends. He was like, Hey man, like that's not, this is awesome, but shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You're right. You're right. I listened to my call. All right. (laughs) 80, 20 in the wrong way. Um, but no, so like in, in, in actuality, like the start of every demo, like we mentioned, should be go back to basics. This is what I heard. Is this still true? If it is, these are the very specific things that I'm going to go through that solves this problem, right? Yeah. Then you go into it and it's like, okay, this is this specific element is going to solve your problem. This means that blank, blank, blank won't happen. Or this means that blank, blank, blank will happen, right? So give the so what. Okay, now we're moving through the sale. Then you kind of finish with all of the, like, these are the features that are going to improve your life in some way. And then you stop. You shut the fuck up. And you try and find out where they are and if this actually solves their problem in their own mind. And then at that point, it's just logistics. Yeah, a good question is, like, how do you see this, like, changing what you're currently doing? Mm -hmm. Not just like, hey, does this seem cool? Like, like if, if you implemented this today, how would that change the way that you're currently operating? Yeah. And link it back to a pain point. If you can, if they've mentioned that this problem causes X knock on effect, be like, okay, if we implemented this solution, do you think that there would be a positive impact on knock on effect that they said was an issue? Oh yes. This would solve it completely. Okay, great. Let's address this other problem. Blah, 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 blah. Same thing. Yeah. And like, I had a call the other day where they said a very specific thing that they had an issue with. It was in regards to like prospecting, finding data, and then like doing actual prospecting and outreach. So like we said a lot of things and I can kind of tell that like, she was like, okay, this looks like kind of cool, but it wasn't like totally in her brain. Like, okay, this is going to help me exactly. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, let's do the exact situation that you said was already an issue. And I just did the exact thing on a screen share. And then she's like, Oh, okay. Now I get it because it's a direct relation of her actual issue that she just told me. And you just do an analogy in like a live, like this is how you would do what you're already struggling with. Look, I can do it in five minutes. Yeah. I've done that on prospect calls before though. Like, Oh yeah. I just don't think that we'd be able to target these people effectively. And I'm like, okay, Give me a perfect example of someone that you want to target. And they're like, oh, this person. And then you do the thing that you are telling them that you can do. And then they're like, oh, 
shit yeah. then, I guess you can do it. Yeah. People rely on having problems that they actually have solved, solved in front of them to believe that you can do it. Because otherwise it's like, oh yeah, I, I can do it. It's like, well, I don't think I can do it and I think I'm smarter than you, so how are you going to do it? Yeah. And a good thing like to that point is like come prepared to the demo. Yeah. Like that's we should be that's before the preface, right? This is before the call even occurs. Is like so say you have a technology like Ocean, right? Yeah. Where you can pull a lookalike or you have Zoom info or something, right? Or you can have data and this is for like a lead generation or, you know, top of funnel offer. Is like go on their website, they're going to have the customers that they have. Their best customers, right? Mm-hmm. Their best customers on the website obviously. Take the, the company's profile and before the call do a quick little query and show like hey look these are all companies that you've already had success in their industry and in their niche like what if I could help you find the decision makers at the top six companies that compete with the client that you already have oh shit Dylan understands my business and he's actually doing work for me ahead of time I wonder what he'll do when I pay him like that's like you're already creating a future tense of like who you are as a business person and like a, a service provider. Yep. hundred percent. And I think that's yeah. like quote unquote doing the work is something that as bad as it sounds, most people shy away from because they're so happy that they've got the demo that it's just like, okay, sick. Now I get the chance to close. It's like, okay, yeah. well how, how well suited are you to closing if you've done no work and you don't know their business? Yeah, like doing things like that is what people ask, like, okay, like, how do we work together? Like, that's the yeah. questions. What does this cost? Like, what do I got to do to, to get this state that you've now painted for me? Yeah. Oh, that's so easy, cost, huh? cost is a really interesting one, right? So in terms of, like, how do you go about approaching the financial element of selling a service because there are obviously like a bunch of different methodologies of doing it there are a bunch of different ways you can frame it like how does it work in your sales process yeah so you have to make a case for the price right like this whole thing is getting to the point in the date right where she's going to invite you inside or you're going to drive home by yourself right so (laughs) you've courted you've courted him or her you went on the demo, which is the actual date. You know, now you're you're leaving the date, and this is the make or break point. Um, like, are you going to be friends or more than that, right? So you have to sold yourself this entire way. So the pricing isn't just the pricing. The pricing is everything you've done up to this point to prove a case to be able to confidently say this number, and for them to be like, this number is actually worthwhile of the money, right? Yeah. Um, don't ever say the price and then be like, oh, this is this is this way out of the price. Like it should have been done beforehand. Like the price is the last part of it. Um, so like understanding like how you will create money time um, inside of their business, right? So understand like lifetime value of a client, what your expected results are, a guarantee, and have them paint the picture that if they spend this, they get this larger amount of whatever is important to them is how I position the price. So like, yeah, you give me fifty eight ninety five a month, but what I'm giving you is this amount of money in return or opportunity to make this much money in return because I know about your business and you know what I do and how I solve those problems. So the pricing shouldn't be anything to object on because I've done the steps beforehand. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the thing, the most 
I guess, interesting part of that for me was right at the start where you were like, justifications for pricings don't work after the fact. Yeah. Like, at the point in which you say, oh, it costs $10,000 a month. And this is why it costs $10,000. It's like, wait, why am I now over, like, I'm being oversold this, right? You aren't sure in your own pricing, which is why (laughs) you've gone and over-justified it after the fact. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you're 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 not confident in that number. So you need is, to you, you, you need to throw out a million reasons of yeah. the salesperson. That's like mindset. Yeah. Like you don't have the confidence to say that number. You don't deserve that commission mentally. Yeah, which is like a whole nother subject. But um, <laughs> I was listening to a so I was listening to a closing call, um, and <laughs> the pricing came up too early, which means you have not done your job because they're like, all right, how much is this thing? Like, I don't really care, but if it's cheap, I might use you, right? Yeah. Um, so if you get pricing middle of the call, it's one of one reason. It's you just, you haven't done your job up to that point. Or actually, you might have done your job too well. They're like, all right, how much? Like, like what yeah, is just, it? Just, just, just give it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give it to me. Um, so the guy was like, yeah, so it depends on a couple of things. Oh, by the way, what is your uh, multi-recurring revenue at? I was like, that's, what? <laughs> oh, 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 left turn. <laughs> Yeah, it was like bad. It was real bad. Like he gave the price and then he was like, yeah, it's based on a couple of things. And the guy literally said out loud, he goes, you know, what? that's a pretty good question I should ask you. What is your monthly recurring revenue at? And the guy was like, mm. the whole, it literally like. Just a, switched. It, it totally switched. I felt bad. I was like, oh no. First of all, why are you asking that question like at that point? And you you should have asked that at the start if it was relevant. Yeah. And you can't out loud say, that's a pretty good question I should ask you. No, don't do that. Um... I think the interesting thing about price for me, especially if you have a variable price, like, so actually, wait, I'm going to backtrack about, like, when does price come up, right? If price comes up right at the start of the call, they only care about price. They are, by definition, budget conscious, right? And you have to attack that head on. Why? because otherwise you're going to be sitting and stroking your dick and hoping for the best. No, 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 no. I I was asking, like, like... Oh, So, uh, I guess that was the, reason... the question on crack the, the pricing. <laughs> so, in in terms of so, clarify the question for me. So, why would they ask pricing early on, and why does that mean that they're conscious of price, or why do you have to address it head on? No, no, like asking the prospect if pricing and judging comes up first. Like, yeah, addressing that immediately. Like, okay, yeah, yeah hundred percent. We can definitely get into pricing. Um, like. Why is that top of mind right now? Like, is that is that the only thing that you're conscious of buying, or do you yeah. not care that we also solve a solution? Like, yeah, I I kind of go even more aggressive than that, and I'm like, okay, so ultimately, price is the only factor you care about. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, thanks. Well, 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 well. Actually, it's it's not the only thing I care about. Well, okay, we're we're talking about it in the first thirty seconds of the call, so it must be the biggest thing on your mind right now. Oh, you know, like I still care about results. I mean, like, okay, well, if we can get you the results, are you happy to pay for them? Well, it also yeah, comes down to a bad discovery. Hundred percent. Yeah. So in a you one call, know. you get that you get that pricing way more on a one call close situation because everything's on that one call. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like that's either like a marketing or a pre qualification issue, where it's like this sounded cool, too good to be true. I don't really trust you guys. I'm skeptical. What's the price? Yeah. Hundred percent. And then going forward from that, like if that does happen, address it head on. Fine, 
but kind of like you did, just breadcrumb it. But like, yeah, 100%, we can get onto that. Just curious, is this the only thing? Is this going to be the key decision-making factor that you go into? Is this the only thing that matters? If they say yes, be like, okay, cool. Well, our prices start at blank. Is that going to be is that going to be a deal breaker? Yes. Cool. No problem. Goodbye. Done. Problem solved. Problem solved. Save everyone some time. Yeah. Save everyone some time. People are very scared as soon as price comes up because at that point it's like you're closing. And then at that yeah. point it's like money is about to be exchanged and if I don't close I don't get paid. Yeah, scarcity definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean why would you want to have speaking of money like you're losing money, time. Um, to talk with somebody who's never going to buy, never going to buy. Yeah. And I think because like, it's, it's like being pot committed, right? Like you're too deep in now. So it's, you got to do everything you can to close when you get to the demo, because you've already wasted potentially 30, 40 minutes on a discovery call. Well, if I don't close now, I just wasted that time and all the time I put on on this call. It's like the sunk cost fallacy, right? So no one wants to disqualify on a demo, but the reality is there are going to be people who get to the demo and aren't going to buy. Something you said has turned them off, or they've had a conversation internally and they're like, hey, the biggest factor is price. I know you guys said you're expensive. How expensive is that? Tell me how much it costs, and if it makes sense, we can continue the conversation. Okay, cool. Here's the starting price. Can you afford it? No? Goodbye. Done. Next. Yeah. That thing that's more so, I mean, in like more of like an organizational sale... Yeah. I think like a big thing when you have to, when the price comes up is honestly think about like who they are inside the company and like why they're asking those things. Because sometimes they're tasked by somebody to go get the price. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why they're not price focused. Someone else is and they're the one that's just in the conversation with you, like evaluating mm-hmm. a tool, right? So you're talking to like the marketing manager or the, the director of marketing they have a CMO above them, right? Who's more cost conscious than they are. So understanding the avatar and who you're selling to um, and why that objection is. Like, yeah, John, I completely understand that. You know, you know, what does cost mean to the, the buying process? Like, is it everything? Do you have budget allocated to it? Is this an end mm-hmm. of year thing? Is this something for what you want to put into your budget so you want to know the price? Like, yeah, deconstructing it is kind of what, at the, at the foundation of all this banter, um, but if you're in a larger organization sale, like think outside the box of why this person cares about price. Like, are they even the one that's paying for it or are they just checking off a box? Um, yeah. is there another competitor that they're matching you up to, um, who they already liked? So that all comes from discovery. hundred percent. So essentially what demo is, is just discovery with screen share. <laughs> Just do Honestly. more discovery. Yeah, literally do more discovery and then push for the close. That's it. Yeah. And you can visually now state your point. Yeah. I think the the consideration, like I said before, is that when people get themselves into the mindset of a demonstration means I need to show something, something has to be shown. It, not necessarily. Not always. All you need to show is that you are competent and you can solve their problem. You don't necessarily need to show anything visually. And Most also, times, visuals are a crutch. They are a little bit of a crutch. Um, they can either super engage the prospect. Like, you should be talking without the screen share. Like, don't start the call with a screen share. Um, yeah. Like, hey, let me just show you. Yeah. 
because a lot of people are visual, right? Um, so, but another thing to the to the price um, objection is like, if you get that right off the bat, like ask them, especially like a salesperson, like would you do you allow your salespeople to talk price before they actually you know get into it? Like, like ah no, I don't actually. You're right. Like you can like kind of point out um, the elephant in the room. Yeah. Like you don't you don't do this. You don't have to have your salespeople do this. So why should I do this for you? Like I have my own process, right? Most often than not, asking for price early on is just a power frame. Yeah. I'm asking, so you'll tell me because I'm important and I'm dictating how this goes. So just yeah. be like no. <laughs> That's not how we do things here. <laughs> we go through and we make sure that we're a good fit. We make sure that we can actually solve your problem and if we can I'll tell you about price. Is that cool? No? If not, I'll go off the call. No problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I'll lose this deal. If you're gonna be an asshole, I'll walk. And then they'll be like, yeah, oh, okay, probably, maybe not. Probably a good determinant if they're gonna be a good customer. Yeah. If the only thing you care about is price, we can do everything right. And if you find a cheaper solution, you will go with someone else. Yeah, literally. There was a <laughs> there was a prospect call that I reviewed once, uh, where the guy said, I believe in healthy competition. If we find someone who can do what you're doing for a better price, we'll switch and go with them. And I was like, oh, God, that is horrific. Yeah. But that's game just, is the game. That's bad business, like changing your solutions all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. what can you do? Yeah, some people, are, some people are crazy. The more you're into sales, the more you, like, nothing surprises you about human beings. Yeah. <laughs> the rational mind does not exist. That is one of the main things that I teach in sales psychology is how you can be the most rational thinking person but all you need is one statement that touches on something emotional and you will switch back to being as emotional as everyone else. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting to think about like from a solely from a demo call perspective, right? When you, when you go through the process and you've done like the necessary opening, you kind of gone through the stuff that they care about. You have now shown them the thing that you can do. You've highlighted that you're an expert and that you can solve the problems that they want. You manage to get through price. Where do you go then? Like people try and turn it into a convoluted, oh, well, this is how, now that we've solved all these problems, this is what's gonna happen. Shut up, tell them next steps and get off the phone. That's it. Get a contract out, make sure the deal goes over the line and that is your job done. Do not overcomplicate it. Yeah. And you should like, if you're sending it through DocuSign or PandaDoc, like yeah. have that shit in a tab. Yeah. Ready to <laughs> ready. Go. Don't be like, Oh, you actually want to buy? Oh shit! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa. <laughs> like, have it ready to go. Like, I have a panda doc. Like, if it's a closing call and you yeah. feel good about it, and you actually, it's a good prospect, right? You feel good about the, your opportunity and closing it on this call. Mm -hmm. Set up the panda doc and the DocuSign ready with them, and like, oh great, yeah. I mean, I just, I just send it to your inbox. They're like, oh shit, this guy's fucking quick. Yeah. Like, and then you could possibly get them to sign on the call, or at least receive it and confirm that they've gotten it. Yeah. The, the the way I do this now, and it works, right? It, it, is, it, is it a bit shit? Yeah, but does it work? Yes. Just tell them Panadoc's screwing around, and you need them to go into it and like enter their name at the first like line of it to make sure that the Panadoc's working. And everyone's like, oh, okay, fine. Goes in, and at that point, they're already filling stuff out. They'll probably just do it there and there. There you go. <laughs> Anyone get on the phone with David? Watch out. <laughs> that is exactly what I will do. <laughs> I, I, I will not shy away from that. It works. It definitely does work. I, I say that all the time. Like, actually, my or we just switched email servers. Like, did that email come that through? That email drop? It's yeah. just not true. But, like, 
your dog ate your homework type situation. Little, little white lies. Um, so built on little not, white lies. Not that we advocate for doing that. Yeah, but you got to do what you got to do. Because some people, like, they actually... Like, I had a call the other day. Um, it was literally perfect. Checked every box. Mm-hmm. Totally excited. He goes, send the contract over. We'll, re- we'll execute it today. I haven't heard from him since. Right? Like, and, like... Some people are just weird. They they feel pressured to say something yes. sometimes, or yeah, yeah, yeah. they genuinely forget about it. Like I was talking to Daniel, he's like, "Yeah, like sometimes like I I won't pay invoices for like a month, even though I want to use the service. I'm just busy. Yeah, and I don't respond. I'm like, you're the guy. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I have like, money. I can pay it all in full. But yeah, like, legit. I, I'll just I'm the same way. Me. And 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 we had this. Like the the guy who produced the final episode of our podcast sent me a sent me an invoice for like the final bits and he was like yo let me know when the invoice is paid when like a day after and i was like oh yeah for sure i'll do it literally like two weeks later he's like yo you gonna pay that invoice i'm like oh god damn it i completely forgot literally it took me another week of forgetting and then remembering again without him prompting me to be like oh shit i'm like three weeks late and like he's a friend like i'm not trying to do it to screw him i'm just slow and kind of stupid yeah yeah literally that's why texting is a huge thing closing deals I text every prospect that hasn't closed. You should have their cell phone by that point, right? Um, I don't do that. That's interesting. I'm going to start doing that. I text nonstop. And, like, if it's iMessage, like, you double t- double tap it and you put the <laughs> question mark on it. Isn't that super passive aggressive? And you just remove it. <laughs> so they get the notification, it goes to the top of their screen, and then there's nothing there? Yeah, demon. Love it. That is sick. I'm 100% going to do that. <laughs> yeah, but like, are they going to open your email when they see it's your name on the preview? They're like, eh. Or are they going to open a random message that looks kind of, it looks like a normal number? They're going to have, you have to open a text. Yeah. Even if you know it's like Jennings's campaign message, you're like, oh, you gotta look at it, you know? I'm just texting me. It's a little bit of a dopamine hit where email's like, fuck. Got another email to reply to. <sighs> yeah, I, you know, I got four emails on this call. I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, like a text, like a text, like you're looking at it. I'm like, Ooh, a text. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, text, text your prospects when they'll be like weird about it. Um, like, text hey, them at like 1am you up. I get texts. So, I mean, the one thing about being like on the Twitter and LinkedIn space is that I, now and everyone that I talk to is like not always in us time zones mm. i got you i got a client in uh lithuania like there's all these like crazy time zones so like they're messaging me at like 2 a.m my time i wake up to like seven important things i have to respond to I'm like what yeah. the hell's going on um one of our clients is in singapore and it's like no yep. <laughs> dude like your time zone and my time zone do not mesh at all so what is yeah cause sing, I, have a, I have a client in the philippines and, yeah, it's um, like 11 hours, maybe 12 hours, I think. Yeah, like all his messages coming through at like two, three in the morning. Yeah, wild. And then I respond and then all day goes by and then two, three in the morning, I get the responses. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely weird. Um, but cool. Um, I think let's not beat a dead horse on demos. Yeah. Um, it's just discovery, screen share what's important and relevant to them. You can make it as short or as long as needed um to really paint the picture for that prospect and then once you've done your job confidently and to the best of your ability pricing and getting the close should be 
kind of just natural progression of the conversation. Um, so best of luck with your demos. Um, next week, I think we should go more into like closing. Yeah. That's the natural progression that we're going. Exactly. <laughs> we went into what is, what is closing? Yeah. What is closing and getting commitments? Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Great. See you next week, guys.